Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guests are Dr. Bernard Haidt and Marcia Sims, and we will be talking about the new book that they have out called The Miracle of Our Universe, A New View of Consciousness, God, Science, and Reality. Without consciousness, there is nothing. Have you ever wondered why and how the world around you came to exist, and whether there might be an afterlife experience awaiting for you after our physical bodies die? The hypothesis presented in this book is that our seemingly physical universe of matter and energy is a virtual simulation which is thought into existence by a universal consciousness we call God. Bernard Haidt is an astrophysicist, author of more than 130 scientific publications, and was a scientific editor of the Astrophysical Journal for 10 years. Professional positions include staff scientists at the Lockheed Martin Solar and Astrophysics Laboratory, and he was also editor-in-chief of the Journal of Scientific Exploration. Marcia Sims has a multidisciplinary background and years of experience interfacing with businesses, scientists, and their projects, and immersing herself in the music world, teaching music and singing opera. Her experience includes administrator and department secretary at Lockheed Palo Alto Research Laboratory, executive editor at the Journal of Scientific Exploration, and administrator at the California Institute for Physics and Astrophysics. For more information about the book, you can visit the website www.themiracleofouruniverse.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Bernie and Marcia to the show. Good day, folks. Hi there. Hello Good there. day. Nice to be on your show, Robert. Thank you. Thank you both. It's, it's going to be – I'm very interested in, in this conversation that we're going to be having. Um, it, it, your book gave me a lot of things to think about. <laughs> so, so that's a good thing. So let's first start. Let's first start with um, Bernie. Um, what is the miracle of our universe? And, you know, what again, what are your views of consciousness, God, science, and reality? I, I would say what you feel is the miracle incorporates all of those aspects. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say that this will probably turn on mainly to Marshall to do the uh, – Discussions. Okay. Uh, for study. But, uh, so. Yeah, Bernie has Parkinson's, so he has some difficulty expressing himself. But, uh, you know, it's just with his speech impediment. So I'll be glad to speak when he gets stuck. But go ahead, Bernie. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Well, our view of consciousness is that it and God and science and reality are all, are all one thing. That um, God is nothing other than consciousness. And that consciousness is what is the matter except in the rest of the universe that we live in. And uh, it's the really the only thing that exists is consciousness. And it's what God uses to uh, create for himself uh, wonderful imaginal worlds to live in to express his potential. Try that, Marshall? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, uh, God is, uh, we use the term God, uh, it, it's non-gender. Uh, God is not female. God is not male. God is not uh, an it. God is a great cosmic consciousness that could be nothing like a human being or an animal. That's why. But we use the term God because that's the, the traditional name that is used throughout the world, God. So, but to us, in our way of using it, it means the great cosmic consciousness. It's also a short term. Yeah, it's nice and easy to say. God is uh, the creator, the cosmic consciousness, or the source, and God is a spirit. So, in our book, we've devised a self-consistent model of reality that, uh, and its purpose and what it might be like uh, in the afterlife. And we've set up a simulation with models of how God and science can coexist. And this is maybe the most important thing that we try to present in our model, is that God and science can coexist. We propose a model that of God that starts with the premise that at first there was nothing. In the beginning with the Logos, as we read in John chapter 1, verse 1, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Logos is a Greek word that means the expression of a thought. There are many subtle different usages of the word, but its interpretation as an expression of thought is particularly relevant to our God model. And in addition to this, God created the energy the universe with the energy of love, which is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling, but actually a very powerful force. And this idea was proposed by a number of saints and mystics. And there's an infinitely great power of love which makes things happen with a force greater than any we know in physics. Yes, even at some level, the law of physics are subordinate to the laws of love. Let me make it clear that what we have I've written about here in this book, is a model, a model of God. So we're not out and out saying, oh, God is this or God is that or comes from here and there. No, it's a, a model that is sort of like a model you use in science. Suppose you're living in another, a new aircraft, and you want to test out its performance. Well, you, you fly it, land, and examine your data, and you make changes, that would increase the, uh, I mean, the power and efficiency. So, we propose a model of God, which is just that, a model. How could the three elements be brought together without conflicting with each other? That's what all together would make a pretty good, pretty good description of it and it's a being. Yeah, and our model is consistent with ancient Vedic beliefs and other ancient beliefs regarding God as the consciousness and the origin of the universe. According to the oldest hymn, the Rig Veda, between 1500 and 1200 BCE, this was, idea was expressed. Before the beginning, there was neither existence nor non-existence. There was only that resting within itself. 
So in this writing, T-H-A-T referred to God. Vedanta asserts that the goal of life is to realize and to manifest our own divinity. This divinity is our real nature, and the realization of it is our birthright. We are moving towards this goal as we grow with knowledge and life experiences. There is also a relation and dependence between everything uh, having to do with the Supreme Personality of the Godhead. Sri Krishna, the source of creation, and creation, maintenance, and the solution of the manifested worlds. Our model is consistent in that we create reality along with God, the divine consciousness. Should I go on, or you want to ask me questions about that? That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, uh, the probably the most challenging um, question, I guess, one of the biggest challenges was, you know, having the idea of God and science coexisting. You know, I mean, and not being um, contrary to to one another, and you know, it's. One of the things that um, you your book talks about is the idea of um, our what we what appears to be our physical reality is really a simulation of God. God simulating kind of in a in a very um, complete and uh, in a way reactive kind of way, you know, that, so can you talk a little bit about the idea of, you know, our, you know, what supports the idea that we're living in simulation? Well, yeah, first of all, I wanted to say that uh, God and science are compatible and it, it can be compatible because uh, we found this official position of the National Academy of Science. And it states, religions and science answer different questions about the world. Whether there is a purpose to the universe or a purpose for human existence are not questions for science. Science is a way of knowing about the natural world. It is limited to explaining the natural world through natural causes. Science can say nothing about the supernatural. So whether God exists or not is a question about which science is neutral. So there you have it. That's the National Academy of Science saying science, position. Yeah, science and religion are two different distinct spheres of being, are believing, are thinking. And so you can still think about God and spirituality and be a scientist. So you wanted to know what is the evidence for supporting that we're uh, living in a virtual universe? Well, I think some of that goes to quantum physics because uh, quantum physics uh, used to be represented by, uh, in other words, the representation of an atom was seen as uh, this kind of little mini universe where there'd be a nucleus and then the electron and the proton, uh, 
they would circle around the nucleus, and it, it looked like all the orbits were stable. But uh, now that quantum physics, the new way of thinking about the atom in the physical world around us, it's changed its position. So an electron is not orbiting a nucleus anymore by this new view in a stable orbit. An electron is bopping around in all different directions, basically sort of around the nucleus. It's still staying around its unit, the atom, but it's now represented as a sea of probability. So this opens the door for all sorts of other ways of thinking about our universe. Electron is not just some little stable thing in one single orbit. There's so many possibilities, and that's what happens with our consciousness. We create so many possibilities. Do you want to say something about this, Bernie? Yeah, I do, because uh, it's, it's still debated after almost 100 years what exactly an electron does or is, and uh, the, the uh, most uh, widely spread model of that comes from Niels Bohr, who was one of the great founding fathers of uh, quantum mechanics, and what it is, is a view of the electron as the thing that orbits around a, a nucleus, not really because it's, it doesn't consist of real matter, where it consists of is what you would call a um, probability function, uh, waves, and I think of waves, they don't really have a position or a direction or a momentum, but um, that is a, a uh, really a thing to be measured and not a thing that exists. I know it's very weird to say these conventional physics that says this, that until uh, something at the electron level is uh, measured, it, it doesn't really exist anywhere. But it comes into existence when you try to measure it. And that's a very weird position for science to take, but that's quantum mechanics. Yes, uh, Rizla and Derek wrote a book about this called The Simulation Hypothesis, and we've got a lot of ideas and inspiration from this book. He raises the fundamental question of whether we are characters inside a simulated reality that is so well rendered that we cannot distinguish it from physical reality. So everything I just said about the atom applies to this. And then there is a British cosmologist, Sir Martin Rees, who said, in the beginning there were only probabilities. The universe could only come into existence if someone observed it. It doesn't matter that the observers turned up several billion years ago. The universe exists because we are aware of it. Isn't this mind-boggling? It so is mind-boggling. It, yeah. yeah, it's the consciousness that is aware of what's going on around us. And so if we describe consciousness as, as, as a, being a source of matter and energy, uh, or being to be the real universe, uh, then is it possible that that virtual reality state explain us too? And the answer that we're proposing in the model of this book is that indeed that, uh, that we can also be, be modeled our consciousness and that ultimately God is not modeled by anything but is the creator of all the, uh, the virtual worlds. And uh, that requires that you don't have to uh, postulate uh, a huge, almost a number of, of uh, laws or particles that uh, to define it that way, but it really does uh, pose a, a very broad spectrum for a new way to review ourselves in, in God, to, and to realize that we are both God and we are both uh, one state in consciousness. Because consciousness is the only 
already exists. Everything that ever exists unless the consciousness, which is the same as God. We're sparks of God. Yeah, we're sparks of God. So we're co-creating the universe along with God. Of course, God is yeah, the major force, but we're sparks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had Rizwan Burke on my show God about six years ago now. He's a very interesting man. Um, in his, um, view of, of life. Um, now, you know, the idea that, um, you know, you know the, the quantum physics aspect of possibility, you know, our, our world is really, um, made up of, you know, there are like infinite number of possibilities and then once we pay attention to a particular possibility is when it comes into being, you know, um, you know, to me, that um, would, I think, answer a lot of, of, of questions people may have about, you know, why, you know, why is it that um, certain things unfold just the way that they do, you know, and, and, you know, I think, wasn't it Schrodinger's cat, you know, the idea of, you know, being inside the box and you don't know whether it means inside and outside at the same time and, or or is and or isn't or alive or dead. But anyway, the, the idea is, is that once you open it up, then it, it kind of locks in whatever right. reality is going to be presented. That's right. right. It's like if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one here around to hear it, did the tree really fall? And I heard a joke that, you know, if a claw was, you know, yapping five miles away, then it did fall. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> no, but, but, uh, but it did, you know, it does, you know, beg the question, you know, of, you know, does, does it make the noise? And, and then, of course, you know, one could say, well, I'll put a recorder out there, you know, and, you know, it falls and, you know, it's noise is recorded. But even the act of putting a recorder and, and, you know, it being a part of the picture of the fallen tree, um, kind of completes the expectation um, that the noise would have occurred. That's right. From Johnson's act, that the the existence of things, other than physical things in the universe, really are virtual things. They are the, the ultimate virtual thing, which is a thought, a thought in the mind of God, and that thought then spreads out, uh, spreads out in a sort of way, I suppose, and uh, makes the universe. And that way, it's something that's valuable. I can create other universe. Why not? I have some supporting information here. Brian Whitworth, a professor of information processing and technology in New Zealand, put it this way. One of the mysteries of our world is how every photon of light, every electron and quark, and indeed every point of space itself, seems to just know what to do at each moment. The mystery is that these tiniest parts of the universe have no mechanisms or structures by which to make such decisions. Only God can make these decisions. 
the cosmic consciousness. Hmm. So, it, in a way... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what, what you know... Now, when it comes to the model of of God and, you know, the existence of, you know, let's just say, you know, of the universe, you know, we, we're, we're looking out, you know, out back in time, you know, through our, through our telescopes, um, is it in your model that if there is, Life on any of those, you know, um, stars, you know, or, um, that that is also included in the God consciousness. So, so that, you know, our looking um, out there is a reflection of, you know, those stars kind of participating in the virtual simulation. All right. Well, okay. they are because, yeah, I, I, I want to take a step back. I want to talk about where God came from and then how everything originated and about the Big Bang, etc. So, because that, that answers your question. So, um, you know, that is one of the deepest mysteries. So, just where did God come from? Oh, there is this area known as the Ein Sof. A-I-E-I-N-S-O-F. It's um, a term used in the Jewish Kabbalah way of thinking or believing. So there was just this Ein Sof, this void of nothingness, and then the cosmic consciousness arose out of the Ein Sof. And this cosmic consciousness, God, got lonely because what can you do if you're just a consciousness, just being aware? And consciousness, in our way of thinking, our terminology, means awareness. So there was aware, but there was nothing happening. So God got bored and decided to create a universe. So how did God create this universe? So God created the zero-point energy, which is this vast field of energy. It, um Describe it, uh, the, the zero point field, Bernie. It is. Well, there is a, it's energy everywhere. It is predicted by quantum mechanics, which is, which kind of view here, the fundamental energy of, of infinite, infinite extent. So, we are supposing that this has something to do with how God, when emerging out of ISOP, out of nothingness, how he might create something that looks, acts very real. Yeah, so it was the lowest possible energy. And so God uses zero-point energy, we postulate, to create the Big Bang. So the Big Bang happened. Or does believe in the Big Bang. And uh, the Big Bang occurred. Everything exploded. Uh, maybe I need to go back and tell you about what the Big Bang is, right? That's a lot of people have heard that term, but they may not. Uh, understand it. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking here. So, what is the Big Bang? 
The Big Bang is how astronomers explain the way the universe began. It is the idea that the universe began as just a single point, and then it exploded, expanded, and stretched to grow as large as it is right now, and it is still stretching. So Bernie believes in this, the Big Bang, but he doesn't think it's the ultimate origin of the universe. And we've already told you what he thinks is the ultimate origin of the universe, and what I think is the ultimate origin, and that's cosmic consciousness or God. So anyway, with the Big Bang, there's this huge explosion, and many universes, well, there were many particles that were spewed out of this Big Bang, which formed universes, and then the universes, in turn, created solar systems and planets. So... Uh, all throughout the universe, the vast universe, nobody really knows how large it is. So all these other possible planets that most likely have life, and Bernie believes this, are sparks of God just like we are. So that's the answer to your question. <laughs> and there are probably many, many beings, many intelligent beings, many beings that are more intelligent than us because the universe is ancient. And we're relatively newcomers to the universe. So there have to be civilizations that are more advanced than we are. Bernie's really interested in UFOs, by the way. Up until maybe a few months ago, if she had said that, that was sort of a good thing. He dropped my head down from being a heretic, doing some strange things. But now, as it turns out, the government is uh, slowly, uh, uh, slowly giving material to, to scientists to ground uh, UFOs to uh, make some work on actually analyzing this stuff because this is a huge history. So this is really a brand new new uh, new 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 there's a lot of supporting information coming out now in the media and the news. I'm sure everybody around us heard some of it and seen some of the shows on television. There was a um, House um, Committee meeting last week, not last week, but two or three weeks ago, that was on the topic of UFOs. And it was, it was, it was um, open at the, uh, the, uh, uh, Okay, well, so anyway, you know what? I also uh, want to tell you, I think that I don't want to brush aside the UFOs too much, but that's not the main point of our book. Right. So, um, but right, right. we're but, with you, yeah, well, the thing is, though, is that, you know, I mean, when, when, as you were explaining the Big Bang and the formation of, like, multiple universes, um, you know, the, the idea of, of multi-universes was, you know, has been, used to be the, in the realm of the science fiction, you know, um, just as UFOs, you know, and, and a lot of, um, things that were just kind of hard to explain, you know. And now, you know, as we learn more and, um, you know, come up with new 
um, theories or new types of, um, uh, you know, kind of, um, what's the word? Um, cheat. I can't think of the word right now. But, just, you know, the new kinds of um, well, ways of being able to identify. Um, excuse me. <laughs> the word is escaping me. Um, but, you know, that just the, the – the, our understanding of the world as we know it is we, we are as, as our science grows, you know, and as you know, disclosures happen, and you know, in people's experiences, you know, um, extra sensory or you know, just uh, experiences that you know heretofore had not been been able to ex be explained. You know, then it's um, then we kind of have to shift our our belief system, and, and like you said in, in your um, in your book, together a um, kind of a a worldview. I would say worldview, but I mean it's more universal view. You know, of of kind of why things are happening. You know, and you know what can explain some of the what used to be unexplainable. So yeah, um, yeah, and and then, and then you know with the, with the UFOs, I've you know I've always had a you know belief that there was something, you know, and that you know the you know I believe you know, when it comes to like cover up neck and things that you know it it used to be when when there wasn't as accepted possibility is there is now of those those things happening, you know, the disclosure would have thrown a wrench into um, religion, you know, it would have thrown a, a wrench into governments and their ability to control, you know, the life of their, the people within their countries, you know, security. I mean, there were just, there would be so many structures that would have to be upended with that knowledge being made. Well, so our view, our model of God incorporates everything. <laughs> the things don't have to be upended because God mm -hmm. is a part of everything. God is a part of every religion. You know, we're sparks of God. Yep. We just have a new perspective. We don't view God as a, as a patriarch who sits on a throne and Curls lightning <laughs> bolts and has angels flying around him on clouds playing music using harps, etc. I mean, this is a much different idea. It's a consciousness, an awareness. So, right. uh, I yeah, don't think that, you know, disclosure about other civilizations would really upend us at all. It would enlighten us to become a real. We're locked into too many uh, set belief systems that have existed for thousands of years. Oh, I, I we need yeah. to open our eyes and minds. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I agree with you yeah. that, that you know, yeah. it would be, you know, informative, enlightening. Um, it's just that my thought was is that the reason that it hadn't been in full view is because there, you know, there are just a, a lot of control issues, you know, that um, various 
parts of our life, you know, government, you know, religion, those kinds of things, you know, and, and, and I understand that they're all inclusive in the model of God consciousness, you know, and, you know, and I understand that, but I, right now, I, that there are so many teachings right now that, there's so many teachings of God that don't really tie to God consciousness, but rather to the, sec, you know, to the individual, you know, God of one's religion. You know what I mean? Where yeah. the exclusivity of others. Right, and ours incorporates all. So that's right. that's inspiration for planet Earth, bringing inspiration to planet Earth, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I love the title of your podcast, by the way. Hey, you know, I wanted to tell you a little about the zero-point field because I brought that up because that's the energy that God used to create the universe, so it's pretty vital to our existence. Yeah. Oh, Can I tell you a little bit about it? Yeah, oh, okay. before we go into that, and we'll do that right, I want to take just a quick break, you know, about a 90-second okay. break, and then when we come back, we'll dive right into that, okay? Okay. Great. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guests are Dr. Bernard Height and Marcia Sims, and we're talking about their new book, The Miracle of Our Universe, A New View of Consciousness, God, Science, and Reality. And, again, you can find out more by visiting the website, www.themiracleofouruniverse.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Marcia and Bernie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also want to add that we have a Facebook presence, The Miracle of Our Universe, all run together, and an Instagram account. It's with my name. It's just Marcia, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-I-M-S, Four zero, and I don't know why the four zeros there. It happened. <laughs> quantum mystery. Yeah, it's a quantum mystery. Okay, and I also <laughs> wanted to add. Um, I think I misled you about the pronunciation of Bernie's name. It's Heish. Heish. I said like okay. Heish, but yeah, but the sh at the end, Heish. Heish. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Um, it's okay. I I say about ninety percent of the U.S. population pronounces his name incorrectly, so. <laughs> well, um, it's a tough one. I, I try to give him right if I can, but sometimes it's, uh, it's really a challenge for me, so, but, okay, so. All right, so let's, you know, before the break, you were going to kind of expound a little bit more on um, zero point, so can you go ahead and do that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is a very exciting topic for us to talk about. The zero-point field uh, acronym is ZPF, with its attendant zero-point energy, ZPE, is broadly recognized as a vast field of electromagnetic energy. It is also known as the quantum vacuum field, or the QVF. This field represents the underlying energy that is everywhere in the universe, even where there is nothing else but vacuum. The ZPE is composed of a combination of every frequency or wavelength that exists, some are long and others short. 
it is perfectly random. The ZDF, an infinite source of energy, was already known to Einstein and Max Planck. We believe that the ZDF can be tapped in a way that would provide humanity with an endless supply of totally clean energy without violating the second law of thermodynamics. Our process has nothing to do with heat. It is electromagnetic. We've had many criticisms by people that say uh, we were violating the second law, but as I just said, we have nothing to do with heat. There is a Casimir force that happens when two parallel metal plates are pushed together by an overpressure of the ZPE from the outside of the plate. The Casimir cavity can be created that takes advantage of this force. The ZTF can be manipulated through the use of nano-sized Casimir cavities by squeezing out photon energy. Electron orbitals of an atom spiral down inside the cavity and photons are emitted. Our process then sends the photons through a photovoltaic cell and electricity will then be generated. This is the same process where we get energy from the sun through solar cells. Solar cells, solar panels use the photovoltaic cell. The ZTF acts as a kind of catalyst. This can be done with what we, the Dovian Corporation, have dubbed a Casimir generator, which is already patented. I named this the Casimir generator because for short we could call it CG. Get your CG and we can get our computer running, we can drive our car, we can run all the um, appliances in our kitchen. Bernie and Garrett Modell founded this company. I'm the CEO. Hugo Trucks is the president. We have a scientific invention that is game-changing because of its revolutionary clean energy technology that would combat climate change. This requires no fossil or nuclear fuel and emits no waste, carbon, or harmful byproducts. So if you're really interested in our concept, you can visit our website. It's www.jovion.com, and there's a lot more information about it. And we're actively seeking investment so that we can build a, a better prototype to prove our theory. We already have had very encouraging results, but we didn't have enough money to get a proper Casimir cavity built. We were using surrogate Casimir cavities. But now we've found a company in Toledo, uh, California, that thinks they can build us the proper Casimir cavity. It's called Atomica. So if any of you out there listening think you're interested in our project, please visit our website and give us a call or send us an email. <laughs> Do you have questions about this, Robert? No, I mean, it sounds very interesting. And, um, you know, that's I'm, I'm going to uh, look into that, you know, and, you know, on, on that uh, .com, um it's there's a, a lot of information and also questions for investors, too, to look look to it. So that's J-O-V-I-O-N dot com. So, yeah, the Casimir process sounds good. 
So anything that we can do to um, provide clean um, clean energy, um, you know, and, and kind of you know wean ourselves off of the the fuels that are harming the earth the better. Um, so I have a couple more questions about um, the the model that you um, put forth in the book. Um, and then, you know, uh, you also have a brand new song <laughs> out. You know, it yeah. kind of encapsulates the, the, the thought of the book. So we'll, we'll go ahead and, and do that right after that. But so the, the next part I want to know is, you know, one of the most common questions I've had with, you know, people who have called into the show, you know, from that are just inquisitive about their life is, I like purpose. You know, what is my purpose here? You know, and in so many people seek it out and, and, and are just confused with the idea, you know, even if there is a purpose, you know, to one's place, you know, one's being. Um, so, you know, within your model, um, what, how is it presented as what our individual, you know, spark, uh, purpose is? Well, actually, the purpose of the universe in this model is remarkably simple. It's really a straightforward way of looking at things that makes sense out of anybody's life. And that is, that, uh, we come to experience this reality because it is an excellent way to take what we are and expand and improve ourselves. So this is a way that God can expand himself and, and know himself. If you're the only being in the infinite uh, virtual universe, uh, I can't, of course, know for sure how God feels about this, but I would think that this would call for some more uh, some more uh, creation, that um, other beings are continually created out of out of the consciousness of God, and those creatures of you and me, and even the animals, and perhaps even the, the uh, lower forms of God. So the the, uh, the meaning of it all is that God can experience Himself as ours, and by can do this through creating a universe of created beings, and that's what He's done. And so what Bernie is saying is God. It's part of our purpose of life because God is expanding and improving himself, herself, as we expand and improve ourselves. And uh, this supports the theory that we also believe in of reincarnation, that we have many chances to keep growing. And uh, this involves evolution as our human species evolves. So that's the overall explanation, general uh, explanation of our yeah. life's purpose. Yeah. I mean, there's so, many other now, parts to it. But. Yeah, so now, the idea, the idea then of kind of why bad things happen, <laughs> you know, um, would be that um, they occur so that God or consciousness can experience that, I guess, that side of life, so to speak. In, in other words, it, it, it creates just another experience to be added to the grand consciousness. 
I think that's the, that's how it comes out. But the danger here is that you think, well, God is making something horrible for me to live through because he's experience how bad it is to be in a crooked prison. No, it's not that God creates bad things for us, but that he stares back and lets things come about at their own pace, at their own pace. He gives us free will. Yeah, we have free mm-hmm. will, and it's just free will that, that gives us the, the power to make anything happen that God would, would, would experience. Yeah, so we need to remember that bad things happen to good people for several reasons. And one of them could be karma that needs to be reckoned with. It's a destiny that you earn through your actions and behaviors. So when you behave kindly, this is an example of a situation where you earn good karma, and that will result in good things happening to you in the future, so not necessarily in this lifetime. But we have negative karmic debts to pay, which could result in bad things happening. And bad things sometimes that happen are often blessings in disguise, too. We need to remember that. Something that seems bad at the time may turn out to be the best thing that could have happened to you. I've had that happen in my life, by the way. So, anyway, you can learn most from the bad things, you know. They're lessons. They're valuable learning experiences. Well, you know, and one of the things I read, you know, in the book was the idea that love you know, is kind of the overall kind of overarching force, you know, behind things. Was that correct? I think that is, yeah, love is the most power, it's the power that God used to create the zero point field. <laughs> yeah. To create everything. Well, yeah, because when, when, you know, when I was reading that and then thinking about bad things, and, and just like you said, sometimes, you know, when things, you know, that are bad or challenging can end up being good, is that, you know, quite often a, what would appear to be bad, you know, action would generate, you know, compassion or love, you know, that um, kind of out of nothing in a way. I mean, if, if that action hadn't occurred, the resulting compassion, love, um, you know, outpouring, all those kinds of things wouldn't wouldn't occur. So I mean, it was it's kind of like a um, a stimulus for creating love or, or generating or focusing that love force. Yeah, God sort of steps back in, in the process here and lets us do exactly what we want to do because that. And that gives us and him free will. And that is the thing that really counts. If, if things were not subject to free will, if they were, uh, uh, as a result always of decisions by God, it would be a very, a very bad universe. Yeah. That's the way God evolves himself. This is, this is sort of like the, uh, like the Darwinian evolution on a grand scale. You know, I wanted to say something about the power of music because, uh, in addition to writing this book, as you mentioned, Bernie and I are songwriters. And we, <laughs> it's very interesting that right after our book has been released, The Miracle of Our Universe, uh, A New View of Consciousness, 
song, Science and Reality, was released, the song that Bernie and I have been working on with Antonio Venezia, The Pirate's Gold, also got a worldwide release. And it wasn't planned. It just happened simultaneously. So I don't know. There's something there. There's a message from God that we can use the book and our song to, to help people. So we're going to do it. But the power of music, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. The power of music is really uh, very important. We think that because God expresses himself, herself, mathematically, that, uh, you know, music is an uh, example of God's voice appearing in the world. So uh, I'm just actually uh, trying to get my thoughts here together. Okay, so... Um, Music quite often, you know, really. Now, I mean, I know, for example, though, in, um, you know, homes, you know, for, you know, um, assisted living homes and that kind of thing, you know, where people who have, you know, various degrees of dementia, one of the things that breaks through that is music and, you know, and the ability for, for someone who may not even remember what they did in the morning to be able to recall, you know, when they were, you know, music and, and a song from when they were a child, you know, in, in, you know, in complete, you know, clarity in a way. So, you know, music does have yeah. that ability to transcend um, thought in a way. It does. You know, Pythagoras and uh, Plato believed that um, – there's a real world of mathematical forms, and that's how they developed some of their mathematical concepts, like pi and the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. Well, Johann Sebastian Bach really picked up on the power of music by on his system of tuning, which uh, he created the major and minor scales with the 12th root of two between each half step. And uh, all other aspects of music, like rhythms and time signatures and uh, musical forms, they're all very mathematical. So this makes me wonder whether God uses music as a mathematical expression of himself, herself, through sound. Because music really undergirds all of society. It has one of the greatest influences of us. Uh, anything abstract in the world, and it's impossible to get away from it, from yeah. prayers, music at church services, classical symphonies, operas, masses, rock, and pop and rap. So uh, music really, by its mathematical nature, is a universal expression for civilization and God. So yeah. remember the logo? Yeah, it's defined as an expression of a thought, a word that is intimately tied up with creation. When spoken, logos is also a sound. So maybe the logos have God's thoughts and sound. <laughs> there you have it. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like it. Well, let's, let's, um, yeah. now the, the new song is called The Pirate's Gold. So why don't you go ahead and, and if you would, give us uh, the verse and chorus aspect, and then I'm going to go ahead and play the song, and then once the song completes, um, I'll come back and we'll close out the show. How's that? Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, The Pirate School, it was written by 
um, our co-writer, Antonia Venezia, and she is also the vocalist on this song, and she has a gorgeous voice. She's a very spiritual, wonderful person. We just love her. We've written with her for about 30 years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this song is written by Antonia Venezia, um, and I helped her with the music, and um, Bert helped with the lyrics. Bernie did most of the lyrics. This is his inspiration, and it really encapsulates the message of our book. So we've been trying to get this message out there for a while now, and finally everything hits at once. So the verse is, I've sailed the sea of life, searching for my fortune, exploring every island like a restless buccaneer, forever raising anchor, leaving friends and loved ones, Driven by a dream that my happiness must be near. At last I found the treasure, riches right inside of me, hidden in the hull of the very ship carrying my soul was the pirate's gold. I spy you on the shore with your map and compass. Would you believe my story? Should I point you to the gold, your gold? To recognize your talents, free yourself from limits. Use those gifts you have and discover what you own. Bridge, it must be human nature to search so far and wide for all those precious things really there inside your spark of God, right there inside of you. So, and then there's the repeat of the chorus. Uh, at last I found the treasure, riches right inside of me, hidden in the holes of the very ship carrying my soul was the pirate's gold. Oh, great. So I'm going to go ahead and play the song, and then when it's done, I'll, we'll come back together and close out the show, okay? Okay. Sure. Thank you. Okay, here is the Pirate's Gold.
Right. That would really help spread the word. Right. So. About the sparks of God within all of us. And we really need this right now in this world where there's a lot of darkness going on. We need to shine our yeah. lights. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to thank you both for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, yeah, we enjoy you too, Robert. You're crazy. Thank you, and I know. Great, thank you, and I know I already follow you, Marcia, on Facebook. So I'm looking forward to continuing following you there and and looking at your your wonderful Grand Canyon photos. <laughs> and, uh, ah. So really nice, really nice landscape. So I I appreciate your time. Thank okay. you, Robert. You're welcome. Again, Bye. everyone, today. Again, everyone, today my special guests have been Dr. Bernard Heitz and Marcia Sims, and we're talking about their new book, The Miracle of Our Universe, A New View of Consciousness, God, Science, and Reality. And again, you can find out more by visiting the website, www.themiracleofouruniverse.com. And as we mentioned also toward the end of the show, you can pick up a copy of their new song, The Pirate's Gold, um, at anywhere that you get your music, and appreciate you supporting them. So, everyone, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show, and until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. Be sure to visit our website at www.biteradio.me, that's B-I-T-E-R-A-D-I-O dot M-E. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Byte Radio Me, and our shows are also available as a free podcast from iTunes. And until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.